0: Welcome to season four of the Leadership Educator Podcast, your source for knowledge and expertise on facilitating leadership education, training, and development. Interested in keeping up with the leaders' conversations across the leadership discipline? Want to add more to your resource toolbox with practical strategies for teaching, learning, and program design without changing your routine? Well, this is the podcast for you. If you haven't done so already, please hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode.
1: And welcome to the leadership educator podcast i'm lauren bullock assistant professor of instruction at temple university
0: and i'm dan jenkins chair and associate professor of leadership and organizational studies at university of southern maine and we are so excited for this episode of the leadership educator podcast we are joined today by dr christian salente Skendal and dr tony andonoro and they're going to discuss their work on publishing the National Leadership Education Research Agenda, the latest iteration, 2020 to 2025. So welcome.
2: Thanks so much for having us.
3: Yes, thank you. This is really fun and exciting.
2: One of the things I will offer is you guys have this wonderful, delicious dish type of vibe (laughs) about you. You're like, oh, yes, great. And we're so glad to have you today. (laughs) I love it. Good times. We, are, Good times. we are cool.
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm fine with accepting compliments. I think it's just because Dan and I have attended enough conferences together where we're actually friends. So it just feels like we're inviting our friends to come in and talk to us. I, so, Tony, you know, happy to take all those compliments you got. Um, but we are focused on your work. And okay. we're just going <laughs> to jump right in. Normally, we say, tell us this backstory and all of this stuff, but we are really interested in hearing about your research agenda, yours and Kristen's. Um, Where did you get the idea for the research agenda? Like, where did this come from?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, I think that that's a really great question. You know, we appreciate the space, first of all, just to to share what's going on, because we, we do think this is powerful, or Kristen, I wouldn't have devoted the hours upon hours to actually getting this thing out and working with so many great people but um this goes back a number of years um, so the original uh national leadership education research agenda was published in 2013 and prior to that i had a conversation with a wonderful mentor of mine his name's ed osborne and ed was the project lead for the inaugural agricultural education um, research agenda um, that was put out through the aaae organization and Um, it all came from a a conversation of being unprepared in Washington, DC. He was sitting in front of a lobbyist. The lobbyist said, hey, Ed, you know, you have amazing things going on from a research standpoint in your field. How can we share these with decision makers on Capitol Hill, and then also get you guys funding to complete your research projects effectively? And Ed was kind of sitting there with his mouth open and said, oh my gosh, we do not have an agenda or a one-pager that really shares what we're doing, but this is the last time I will ever say that we don't have that. And you know, when he told me that story, I said to myself, wait a minute, leadership education is a profound and purpose-driven opportunity for, for what I think can create value across disciplines. And so why don't we have an agenda? And so the agenda was created to do two things, one, Uh, create a trajectory for the research that we would do as as leadership scholars. And then secondarily, and and probably equally as important, define leadership as a field.
1: I love that. Kristen, do you want to jump in and share anything?
3: Well, Tony was the brains behind the vision initially, and I only came on board in 2018 as the initial agenda was sort of coming to a close. And Tony gave me a call and said, hey, I have an idea. I was like, What is that idea? I'm a little bit nervous, because usually you don't call with ideas, Um, at least me. Now he does, though. So um, I came on board, and we thought a lot about ways to expand on the initial agenda, both in process and content, and I'm really excited about where this current uh, research agenda is for both of those reasons.
0: I love that. I, I was curious, too, because I, you know, I've um, haven't been part of the prior research agenda and and just knowing kind of the spaces and places where I've interacted with with both of you, mostly through the to the, the Inter Association Leadership Education Collaborative, when we were able to spend those those summits and, and College Park and the and the uh, And the great the great Maryland weather in June, um, (laughs) sticky (laughs) and rainy usually, but um, the conversations were always, always fantastic. And, you know, and and I know that we always were having lots of great conversations that hopefully were. Some of the things that maybe you know, impassioned or or had some influence on what ended up happening with the, this most current iteration of the the research agenda. So, so one of the things that I loved about being part of this um, second iteration, so I got to be a part of the uh, priority four, which was about looking at leadership educator preparation, which is my passion, and what, you know, one of the reasons that we do this podcast is to develop the capacity of leadership educators to do the work and and create resources. So, can you tell us a, a little bit about? The process from like recruiting a diverse group of co-authors through the uh, so you did a call for proposals through the Journal of Leadership Studies. You created the priority groups. Once you got hundreds of proposals, you you mentored the leads among each team. Can, can you just I mean that, that's a that's a ton. Can you talk a bit about how you facilitated this process and maybe some of the lessons learned?
2: Yeah, ab- absolutely. Great question, Dan. I think um uh, and we share this all the time with our students, probably uh, nationally, but. A quality process leads to a quality product, and so we really focused in on the process that would be as you know create the most inclusive agenda possible. Um, you know, we and and I'll take a step back and say the, the first National Leadership Education Research Agenda was was wonderful because it started a conversation. Um, you know, with with Paige Haber Kern and Laura Osteen and Scott Allen and Matt Saucek, uh John Dugan, myself, and you. When we kind of came together, we had these ideas and we put those on paper, and it, I, I hope it really led to a conversation, but it wasn't necessarily the most inclusive process ever. And so when we embraced this new agenda from 2020 through 2025, we said, you know, how do we promote some of the underrepresented populations that, that maybe and, and perspectives that, that maybe haven't been a part of the conversation in the past? And so uh, specifically we thought we need to tie ourselves to a wonderful journal and the Journal of Leadership Studies provided us with that opportunity. Um, The International Leadership Association uh, Scholarship and also Education MIGs were absolutely wonderful in getting the call out there, um, really championing our cause. Also the work of ILAC was incredibly supportive and what came out of it was a, a wonderful call for proposals that yielded 141 different submissions from 84 universities and 21 countries. And so it it really was this amazing response to what I think is a commentary on our society and our discipline that, that hey, people want to contribute research, they want to contribute value, but everyone has these critical questions that need to be answered. And, um, you know, when we sat down and we reviewed those and we looked at the different themes that were emerging out of the content analysis that we did um, from six different journals that really created a foundation for these themes we saw alignment we selected folks and then we put groups of people together to write these priorities and so it was anything but the traditional process but i think when we're looking at something as big as the national leadership ed research agenda we want something anything but traditional.
3: I just add, I think something that was really fun and exciting is that of the names of folks who submitted um, abstracts, we knew many of them, but we didn't certainly know all of them. And so it was an opportunity to collaboration for folks who did not necessarily know each other and work together and brought many different perspectives from their own lived experience as well as their disciplinary area that I think yielded a better product because it really represented the cross-disciplinarity of leadership education that we experience and brought in voices that um, haven't necessarily connected with one another to create space to engage in conversation.
0: I love the story of trying to take this this you know quantum you know leap forward with with an inclusive process and one of the important things that just want to make sure to highlight is you know not only was it this intensive call for proposals and and wow that's just such a great response that, that you got but also you know just like the the prior research agenda was that not only were you taking the collective you know synthesis of all of the different proposals but also you know looking at the the findings and the recommendations and the suggestions for future research of of just you know, hundreds of, of peer-reviewed uh, articles in the leadership discipline and really, really, you know, going through and combing through that information to find out like what, not only what are people thinking about, you know, collectively, but also what is the scholarship, you know, saying about what we should be focusing on and how it impacts leadership education. Um, what, what, You know, as, as I think about that, like any... Anything that you, you all kind of gleaned from, from that or, or things that, you know, you, that you're thinking about as you, as you reflect on you know, the process of facilitating and ultimately where you landed with the nine priorities?
2: So first thing that hits me is I always ask, what are we doing and why are we doing it? First agenda, there were 692 publications in peer-reviewed journals over the course of those five years that either cited or aligned with the original agenda. And so I, I think that there's impact, there's alignment, there's some some really propositional things, but then I think now we have nine priorities, we have 54 authors represented. It's it's this it's really this culmination of so many things and so many perspectives in the field, and so I'm particularly excited because one, Kristen was just absolutely uh, amazing as she put the priorities in a given order that helps them to follow one another. And so I you know, definitely want to give her kudos for that. Um, but then it also leaves room for all of these things that we may have missed with the ninth priority, emerging methodologies. And so hopefully it makes people think, it continues the conversation. And uh, we continue to define our field in terms of research. I don't know, Kristen, what do you think?
3: Well, I think um, I think Tony and I were a great pair too, because our strengths sort of complement one another. Tony is such a great big picture thinker, and I am much more focused on the details. So brought together, I think we were able to really collaborate well and work with all of the different authors and priorities to really create a call to action. And I think that certainly the publications are important. Um, We want to really continue to establish leadership education as an important field of inquiry. And what I love about leadership is that it really needs to result in action. And so the timing of this was certainly, we had been planning for the agenda. I was just going back and reviewing some of our initial documents. This process started probably like late 2018 into 2019. Is that right, Tony? I was trying to get my dates right. And the um, final drafts from the authors were all submitted right around March, 2020, when we didn't know what we didn't know about what the world would look like over the next several months. And really interestingly though, the order of the priorities started out differently when we initially conceived of the research agenda. um, Not much changed in terms of content because I think what's really exciting about all of these areas is that they are really a call for where we are going As a field and as a society with calls to action back again to the process and content, who are we as leadership educators, who are we training as future leadership educators, and what are we preparing folks to do in terms of social change.
1: I love all of that. It, it, I, I feel like I say this every other episode, but I feel like as leadership educators, like we have a higher calling to live what we preach. And so in sharing your experience, you know, you're talking about, you know, I'm not just telling my students how to collaborate or work from a place of strength. I'm showing them that in this massive project, like this is what we were doing. I'm not just talking about being productive, but I'm talking about being authentic and inclusive, as well as learning from your experience. Um, I talk to my students all the time. I say, you know, you, just because you know about leadership, it doesn't make it any easier, but what it does is it gives you competence and confidence in moving forward and like persisting, even when you don't know sometimes, right? I love it. I want to like bottle y'all up and give y'all to my calm leadership. Like it's a, it's a 1000 level class that runs the gamut in terms of students, but I just like, I want to give them a little hope that you don't have to know it all. And you, and it's just cause it's hard, doesn't mean it's still not doable. And I think the work, this work needs to be done because we need to start streamlining. And thinking about um, how do we, how do we like, like, we know what we're doing. We know what we're talking about. And here's the research to say, like, this is where we're going. And so we can collectively move forward. Can you talk a little bit about how you worked with the researchers that were selected? Like you talked about the diverse CFPs, like all the institutions and the countries, like when you got those researchers together, like what were your methods or tactics or strategies for kind of getting everybody on the same page?
2: That is an awesome question. First of all, Lauren, I love what you were saying. I think that if we're not practicing what we're preaching, then we're probably the definition of hypocrisy. And so um, I really appreciate that you said that. So we needed at the beginning to get people on the same page and, and essentially do some forming. I mean, I don't want to go back to Tuckman and Jensen's model of, of team development from back in the day, Do it. Do like, it. Holy smokes. I mean, we needed to do some forming. And so we held um, virtual meetings with all of the groups, bringing the priority authors together, um, giving them a charge, but also giving them a process. Um, We set very specific timelines, we were really intentional, and we took a very hands-on approach to addressing any type of organizational group dynamics that could potentially create problems. Now, without question, there were some arduous times that were definitely challenging. And Kristen, I think, was of infinite wisdom in those moments, and she would share with me that hey, this process is a microcosm of leadership. Leadership is messy. And and I said, okay, thank you for calming me down and getting us to a place where we can reinvest in rethinking, as Adam Grant would say. And so, Kristen, uh, thank you for for being my my champion and my Sherpa as we walked up that mountain together. Well, thank
3: you, Tony. I was actually thinking back because I think it was about last year at this time that we were doing those sort of forming meetings And um, on top of all the things the world faced in 2020, I was having additional sort of things in my personal life that made this time of year very challenging. And Tony really stepped up and took the lead on meeting with all of the groups and creating really good structure for all of the different priorities and um, in my day-to-day life I work with a really cool honors living learning program where the students work in teams over the course of three and a half years doing really cool research and my observation of working with those student groups is similar to working with this really wonderful group of, of colleagues in that every group has its own personality that emerges and they sort of create their own structure and style for how to proceed and it's Um, regardless of size, I think of group, like sometimes we think about group size being a really important predictor of how a group might function. Mm -hmm. I haven't quite figured out what were some of the different ways that groups chose to function, but it was really interesting to watch how all of the different uh, priorities came together um, and shared their work. And each process was really representative of what we're talking about. Like what Tony said, this is a messy process. And I think for me, when I think about leadership, I cannot separate the process from the content. And so really being thoughtful about both and um, using using that language for all of us to remember what even brought us together and holding ourselves to the standards that we're hoping that others (laughs) will live to in our writing. And so I think that provided some really wonderful opportunities for folks to engage in the process of creating the priority and the call for action around their given topic, but also thinking about you know who we all are as leadership educators. I know for me, it was a transformative process to get to work with Tony and learn with him, as well as all of the authors on the priorities and learning both from what they wrote. There were a lot of great ideas that came in and that we learned and I hadn't been exposed to some of the literature that folks cited. And so it was really exciting to have an opportunity to delve into new leadership education areas, as well as the process of all of the groups coming together and getting to know people that I did not know before working on this project.
0: No, I love that. So I'm thinking about, when the first research agenda came out in 2013 or so, there was, you know, different initiatives and things to kind of get get the word out and make sure that it was shared as widely as possible through all the, you know, association and leadership educator networks. So what are y'all's like hopes and dreams for what leadership educators and like graduate students, I mean, I'm always thinking like, hey, any any doc students or master students need a dissertation or like a thesis topic? Like this is like a goldmine, um, you know, like what do you think books are gonna do with this or, or what are your hopes and, and I guess, to kind of bridge that, you know, are you planning to facilitate any like brainstorming sessions or hosting any other initiatives online or at upcoming conferences?
3: Tony led a really great panel at ILA in the fall that um, was one way to share the priorities with a lot of the authors. And as you were talking, Dan, I was like, oh yes, there's a lot we should be doing. Thank you for adding to the to-do list. Um, But I think, you know, for me, particularly every month of 2020 felt like, can it get worse in terms of my level of anxiety and stress? And then it would. And so this has been an important reminder of really important future calls to action and why I keep showing up to do this work every day and trying to practice some grace with, uh, with us about Yep, we missed the deadline for some of the spring conferences and these topics, I think, are still really important for future conversations. And so now that this has been published, I think there's a lot that all of us can do, um, both as individual authors on priorities as well as collectively to help share the important calls to action for each of the priorities individually, but also collectively. Tony, what are your thoughts?
2: You know, I, I think from a, a very almost superficial level, yes, we, we want to have tons of conversations. You know, I think one, uh, Kristen and I both are, we want to be collaborative. And so we invite the conversation. If people, you know, hear this podcast as I think your, your listeners, isn't your membership around like 30 million right now? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Exactly. Um, I was exactly. going to say, uh, you know, it'd be great to have people connect with us and share in the conversation that will hopefully lead to advancing our field. Um, we're also going to, you know, obviously be uh, submitting things to ALE, ILA, um, NASPA, you know, talking to Craig Slack and the folks with LEI, you know, all of the different organizations that we feel like really have kind of the pulse of what's going on from a leadership learning standpoint. But, but more importantly, um, considering we're trying to say what are our pie in the sky aspirations for this, for me... I think that 2020 really showed us that there's tremendous comfort in conviction and uh, we probably need to break free from that. And so hopefully the National Leadership Ed Research agenda calls for us to be critical of our own perspectives and open the door to more conversations because I think when when we listen to, we can learn from and we can walk with. And, and that really creates the foundation for how we can advance our field. Um, we're talking about leadership. So we should want to talk to each other. And um, I guess my goal is that we stop tying our identities to being right and start tying our identities to listening and collaboration.
1: You know I love that you shared that aspect. And I think about us just broadly as educators in that the the students that are coming up through k through twelve education more and more are being asked to do with whatever they learn, which is in stark contrast to how many of us were taught to teach. At yeah. the college or level or in higher education. And so I love that you share that because it then forces our hand to say, so not only are we teaching you about these concepts, but here's how we can practice in the classroom what you can do with some of these concepts and, and moving it from that sage on the stage and to like an increasing a, a more higher level of like project um, experiences that we're bringing into the classroom. Like For example, I've taught this leading groups class since 2013, and this semester, we're doing a conference in my class, whereas when it started, the students kind of would present to each other, you know, they would go and work, and it was kind of like this dry, boring presentation, but now I'm saying you have to be interactive, there are going to be people in our class that are not in the class, so they don't know, so they're not just going to buy in, so you really have to kind of prove what we're talking about in this space, you got to know what you're talking about, so I love that you shared that.
3: I love that, Lauren, too. I was just going to add that I think creating space for students and ourselves to have room for mistake and accepting and normalizing some of that, you know, risk taking in ways that I think, at least with the college students I often work with, we have to help them unlearn because Mm -hmm. they've been through a system of, you know, striving for grades and so now it's about how do we embrace some of this leadership as messy and engaging with one another, and and have space for some of that um, opportunity to practice. Because I think we we don't often create that space.
1: Yeah, I tell my students when I make a mistake, and and it's this balance of like you know. I feel safe in that space where I can talk about it like I told my students last semester I made the mistake of having an exam on the eve of on the night of the 2016 election and when Mm. my students got to class they fell apart like some were okay some were on the fence they were just all and so I'm like well you got to take this exam because we don't have any you know wiggle room in our schedule and so fast forward to 2020 I knew a little bit better and I planned asynchronous activities for that week and I said if you want to volunteer at the polls if you're involved like politically and you want to go out and have this space you still have homework to do however we're doing public leadership this week and you have the flexibility in terms of what you do and but I was very clear about why I made that decision in teaching in my classroom And, and I also though want to make sure I'm trying to be as authentic as I can you know giving myself some space to be human but but yeah and they appreciate that vulnerability more than whatever nice slides
2: you got up on the screen to talk about it with. Yeah. I, so not to belabor this point, but I, I think that that's, that's so important. And I, I don't want to miss that because, you know, I think too often I hear from, from faculty at, at our university or frankly universities all over that they say, you know, I'm teaching six courses. I don't have time to do research. I don't have time to be adaptive. And they get into that hamster wheel, which just goes round and round and round. And we continue to make tick marks on our to-do list. But I think if anything 2021 can bring to our lives, it's a, it's a space for reflection. The agenda helps us to ask those critical questions that help us to reflect. And then inevitably, it helps us to practice true scholarship where our teaching informs our research and vice versa. And so I, I, just, I think that there's so many opportunities amidst all these challenges and adversity in our world. And so I, I love what you're doing, Lauren. I think it's probably an example of how we can all be more adaptive.
0: Yeah, no. Are you speaking to just to being adaptive and kind of the evolution of like what we learn through some of these own experiences of you know like like you said, Lauren, about like hey, I'm not I'm not going to have an exam at the night of the election anymore type of thing. So you know, as you um you're thinking about organizing some of these initiatives for folks to respond to the to the new research agenda, can you can you tell me a little bit about the evolution versus the last research agenda? So I'm thinking about having been a part of that process and 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 reflecting on you know what was produced in the 2013 to 2018 you know a lot of it was about like here are some things that leadership educators do with respect to like teaching and assessment and and then it really shifted to kind of like the content of what we teach but this new agenda one of the things that i just loved about it is, is it's we're looking at social identities we're looking at social justice and critical theory we're we're looking at like how do we prepare more you know better prepare leadership educators to do the work we focus on leadership learners we're looking at modes of delivery we're looking at research methods for advancing the field like what 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 were some of the highlights for y'all as you you know reflect on you know the last version of this and see this you know version 2.0 you know emerge um, out of the dust of the collaborative process
2: (laughs) you know the 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 first one i i almost felt it was kind of rigid um you know it was the applied what and the applied who of leadership learning the what was you know how we teach what we teach um you know very backwards design driven from a learning objectives all the way through to content standpoint um it called for program evaluation and those two things are still absolutely critical and they're included within this and then it moved to the applied who which then obviously is you know our learners, our groups, our organizations, all of those different things. You know how we um, adapt that or apply that then to you know community development, social change, and, and international perspectives. But you know this one, I, I like I like the progression more, and I think it speaks to a much broader uh, broader group of individuals that could contribute to our field. And I think. There was, you know, we, we had a very different order at the beginning. And Kristen called for a reorganization of the priorities. And she said, if if we don't start with social identities, moving to social justice and critical theory, then, then we won't be able to get to the leadership learner, the leadership educator preparation. We won't be able to get to the complex problems, the, the opportunities for dialogue, ethical leadership, interdisciplinarity. Um, and emerging priority and, and emerging methodologies, all those things that really come secondary after we start with a place of self-awareness and sharing that with one another. And so I just think that it's, it's one, a more inclusive product and two, it really paints a picture where uh, just about anybody can feel as though they have a place within this, this new agenda.
3: Yeah, thanks. I was just going to say that actually, you know, in a lot of ways, what Lauren shared about learning through teaching in 2016 versus 2020 is really a similar experience here. You know, you have to start somewhere. Um, And so the original research agenda had offered so much wonderful content and lessons from the process that then we could go back and hear some input and feedback from folks as well as think about, you know, who are we now as educators? I think that's something that is often lost in, in this process too. We're all human learning every day as we go and so you know if I think back to the me from 2013 how I might have approached this is very different than how I would approach it now due to all of the learning opportunities that I've had and so I think that that's you know reflects exactly what you were talking about Lauren the importance of learning from our past selves and experiences and moving forward and so um, I think that was how we applied to this process also of here's what really worked from the first agenda and here are some ways that we want to adjust it for the second iteration.
1: I think we're living in that space where that's more of our lives. Like it's a moving thing instead of just a a static document. It's this living thing. Um, I also, too, think if nothing else, 2020 forced us in higher education to look at how we're structured. and, And I know there are so many people that had to go through teacher education or some kind of training. I know at my school, they asked all of the instructors to go through our teaching and learning centers online institute. Um, I actually, I went through it, but the year before, I don't know, I don't know how this worked, but in 2019, I just so happened to take their online leadership education like the full mm-hmm. cohort. Just so happened to have done that. And then the following year as a part of my own doc work, I did a teacher education. I did two grad classes while I was doing my doc work and it just so happened that as soon as I had like finished, we hit the, the pandemic was dropped in my lap. And I was like, oh, all this fresh development theory that I just happened to have gone through, let me go ahead and and put this to work. Um, But I also felt too, I was teaching communicating organizational change. And if I messed this up, my students would have tore my evaluations up. And so (laughs) I felt like I do, I feel like leadership educators during this time are just held to a higher standard because of the content that we're teaching. Um, Mm -hmm. I would, love to though tell folks where we can get this wonderful resource for those that may not know so if y'all just in kind of closing out can share where folks can access this agenda we would appreciate it
2: yeah no that's that's a that's a great question um so first of all um we we worked with some great partners over at the journal of leadership studies uh you know tony middlebrooks and um all of the folks over there have just been so absolutely wonderful and so um currently all of those were published it was a december 2020 uh publication date um but we also realized that sometimes reading a full article is not the most accessible option for folks and so um, we are currently in the development of the the white paper searchable format that will appear on the um, national leadership uh national clearinghouse leadership programs uh, website and then also be housed uh, here at St. Thomas. But, um, you know, we would, we're really trying to get um, all of the wonderful organizations and associations connected to ILEC to link this to their websites. And so it, it really does get broadly disseminated and then people can use it because I think the, the, the quality and the impact of the agenda is directly proportional to its utility. And so if we cannot, you know, access it, then we probably won't be used. And, and that's a problem. So, yeah. And
3: just also to thank Mark Ludorf, was the oh,
2: yeah.
3: um, editor and helped through this process as well. So the full uh, articles, all of the intro, as well as each priority are available through Wiley, the National, uh, the Journal of Leadership Studies, as Tony said, December issue. Um, we can make sure you all have the, the DOI if you want to put that in any of the, the notes for today. So folks can find that. And then, as Tony said, we're working on all of the next steps to help make this available more broadly as well.
1: Yeah, we would absolutely love that. Happy to put it in our show notes. And, you know, that wraps up this episode of the Leadership Educator podcast. We want to thank you both for taking your time out of your busy schedules to join us today. And we want to wish you the best of luck this semester.
3: Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us.
0: we would love for you to follow us on Twitter. I'm at doctor, that's Dr. That's D R underscore leadership. And uh, Lauren is at M-R-S-L-A-U-R-J-B. That's Mrs. Laura J-B. Um, and you can find the episodes wherever podcasts are available. And we also encourage you to subscribe and rate us five stars as the more you rate us, the easier it is for others to find us.
1: We'd also like to thank the James M. Cox, Jr. Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership within the Grady College of Journalism and Mass Communication at the University of Georgia. The Support was facilitated by Dr. Keith Herndon, William S. Morris Chair in New Strategy and Management.
0: And our wonderful theme music was composed, performed, and mixed by Dr. Matthew White, trumpeter, composer, and educator. And he's currently an associate professor of trumpet, coordinator of jazz and commercial music, and director of ensembles at Coastal Carolina University. You can check him out at www.mattwhitejazz.com. Matt, thanks so much for sharing your musical genius with our audience.
1: And finally, thank you to the Association of Leadership Educators. Check out what ALE has to offer at leadershipeducators.org. We hope you listen to our next episode wherever you get your podcasts.